Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bobby's Bites. So this week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayichi. Wherein, well first it means, and he lived. Um, wherein it comes to Yaakov's final days. And in his final days he wants to depart some words to his children. Some he blesses and some he in a way chastises. One such episode is Reuben. So Reuben is Jacob's first son. And he says this, he says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, superior by raising and superior by might. Haste like water, do not take more. And on this, Rashi comments, so superior by raising, he says, you are fit to be, to be superior to your brothers with priesthood. An expression denoting raising up the hands, like the priests do in when they, when they do the blessing, and superior by might. So he was also superior with kingship. And what caused you to lose these advantages over, over your water? What was the, what was, why did he lose the ability for kingship and for priesthood? Because it says, haste like water. The haste and confusion with which you hurry to show anger. So therefore do not take more. You shall no longer receive all these positions that you were suited for. So Reuben, being Jacob's firstborn, and having the capacity for kingship and for priesthood, loses them. Why does he lose them? Because, because of his, his haste and his confusion, like water. He's likened to uh, water. So what happened with Reuben? What happened with Reuben was two things. One is that he, when, when Rachel passed away, he moved his mother's tent, Leah, his mother, his uh, bed, into Jacob's tent. And this was an improper action. Two, he told the brothers, he said, guys, don't kill Joseph. Instead, instead, let's throw him into a pit. And we'll figure out what to do later. And we know that he, his intention was to save him, right? So put him in the pit. Well, you know cool off a little bit, and then he'll come back and he'll, and, he'll, and he'll save him. Now, why did, the, why did this cause him to lose the kingship and the, and, and the priesthood? Because in, he still has the firstborn in the way that he's, always, he's counted by the firstborn. When, when there's a counting in the, in the Bible, it starts with Reuben, right? Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Huda, and so on. It starts from the natural number. He's, he hasn't lost his, his numerical position in in the sequence of being born. But in order to understand this, we contrast it with Yehuda, who was given Reuben's kingship. And what, so what did, what did Yehuda do? Well, two things. One of them is that he, the story of Yehuda is that, not him, but this is the, background, I guess, is that Yehuda had two children. And his two children were wet. One of them was initially wed to a woman named Tamar. And what happened was, is this son passed away. And we know in Torah that there, if, the, if, if the husband passes away and he, he doesn't have any children, he doesn't bear any children, then if he has a brother, he should, he, he, his brother has to marry the, the widow. To continue the lineage, and so the second brother does the same thing. Um, sorry, marries Tamar, and unfortunately, he also passes away. So Yehuda has a third son, 
and uh, he says, "I'll give, I'll give you, to, I'll give you, it's, it's, I'll give him to you, Tamar." But this never kind of transpires. And what hap- what what happens is that ultimately, she dresses up like a concubine and meets Yehuda at the crossroads. Well, Yehuda doesn't know it's her, and he basically he sleeps with her and impregnates her. And what happens is that she it's then found that Tamar is pregnant and it's infidelity so she's going to be burned at the stake and she says she has she took Yehuda's staff and signet ring prior and she said to whom these belong this is the person that did it and Yehuda saw it it was his and he said yep this is me I, I am the one that did it he, he owned up to it second thing that happened he took his brother Right from the pit, Joseph. When they were, when they were, when after Reuben put him into the pit, and he said, "Guys, we're not going to gain anything from this. So let's sell him." And then he sells him. So those are the two things that happen. And so, what are these? What are these two things ha- have in common? Well, the two things that have in common really speak to the personal characteristics of each one. Reuven, right, so he, with anger, moved his, moved his tent into, into, sorry, his mother's bed into, into his father's tent. And because of that anger, right, and self-centeredness, I just want to take it, I just want to do something, right, he wanted to fix a, pro- a problem that wasn't really a problem, but it offended him. And so he moved his mother's bed into his father's tent. And as a result, he basically was repenting for nine years. Why? Because, we, because at the time when he, when, when he put Joseph into the, into the, into the pit, he, he put him into the pit because he had to go repent. He had to go fast. He had to go deal with this, 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 this transgression that he committed. And as a result, he put it off right? because he wanted to take care of his own needs. Now let's look at Yehuda. Let's look at his character, character traits. Well, Yehuda, Tamar says to him, Tamar says to him this is the thing. These, whoever these belong to, that's who did it. Well, he could have just very well said, oh, I don't know, never seen that in my life, so I guess, you know, off with your head. Because his, his um, clout, his, his, his um, uh, stature, Thank you, brain. His stature, his status is on the line. Who he is is on the line, right? And it, it, his credibility. If he says, if he owns up to, to this misdeed, right? It speaks to him, Yehuda. This person, he did, he did something. He did this. Well, he did. He owned up to it, and he said it was me. And as a result, he saved. He saved her life because he could have well not. And second of all, he saved Joseph's life. Why? Because he took him out of the pit and sold him into, sold him into slavery, which doesn't seem like he's saving his life. But whereas Reuben threw him in a pit where there was where there was all these creepy crawlies, all these different things, scorpions that could have that could have killed him, and maybe he didn't know it was there. But that doesn't really matter. He didn't really try and save his life. He was really focusing on himself. And in both instances, Reuben is focusing on himself, on how on on. Yes, he acknowledged that he messed up. But he's focusing on himself, whereas Yehuda's focusing on outwards. And not only that, 
It speaks to a certain fortitude of an individual to say, you know what, I did make a mistake, I messed up. And this is why he was given the kingship, why Judah was given the kingship. Maybe his actions were misguided, telling Joseph, maybe he was. But his coming back from those, from those actions and standing resolutely and confidently with his, with his missteps and saying, I did this. And, you know, I'm sorry. And I acknowledge this wrong. But I'm going to do right to fix it. Right? We, and this speaks something. This speaks to something. This authenticity, to, this, this need to, to, to stand up for truth when faced with, with lies or when faced with deceit or when, not with, or fa- or when faced with the actual wrong that one has committed. And it takes leadership to get over yourself, you know, and mope around. Because Reuven, he was just, he mo- essentially, while it's, it, it is commendable, and it's, I don't know how I could say something about Reuven, who was a tzaddik, but to, to not forget and to not let yourself get over a transgression that you committed nine years ago. Yes, you committed nine years ago, but, and you've repented and you've learned from, from it, but to still wallow in it, that does not, that's not leadership. That doesn't take, that, that's not who it is. But the, that's not who is a leader. That's not who is a king. Someone who's a king, someone who's a leader, is someone who says, I understand what's true. I understand what's right. And maybe I didn't do something that's correct. Maybe I, maybe I actually did mess up. But you know what? I acknowledge that. And I stand for truth and continuously living for, the, to, for, for truth. And what's truth? Helping everyone around me live the best way they can be. And if that means that I did something wrong, then I have to correct it and I have to stand up for it. Like he did for Tamar. Like, he, like saying, yes, I, I was the one who slept with Tamar. Don't, don't burn her, her at the stake at the, at the, for the sake of my reputation. And we can see this kind of exist this the, how this kingship is is the or, or this level of leadership is admirable and something that we seek and desire in people and in the world around us in the way that people are continuously mistrusting the ma- the mainstream media and going towards you know smaller level podcasts why because they they seek truth and they seek the ability for someone to say i was wrong I said something and it doesn't matter the platform that I'm on. It doesn't matter my status. I was wrong. Or for, pre- or for presidents or prime ministers to, to own up to their mistakes regardless of the politics and say, I'm wrong. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter who you are, but you are, you are capable of making a mistake. And if, and, if, and if it means, and if it's verse, you acknowledging your mistake or helping people by acknowledging your mistake and owning up to your misdeeds and your missteps and you choose your status that's not a leader that's a selfish individual who just wants power but if you say no i messed up and i'm i'm sorry about that that takes leadership because that ta- that takes courage that takes strength inner strength because you put yourself down at the cost of standing up for truth 
regardless of what it what it would mean for you and your reputation because it's not your reputation that makes you it's it's you your resolve your integrity as an individual that's what makes that's that's what makes a person a leader that's what makes them a a leader a lion as judah is right being bold in the face of everything around us and more than that more than that is it teaches us how to act with ourselves to be a leader in our own life to to be an agent for ourselves it's very easy to 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 get caught up in things that we did 9 years ago and to just wallow in self-pity and and say and and you know I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and that yes you know maybe you are so sorry and maybe you are right for being so sorry because maybe you did something wrong but you know what you shouldn't be so down on yourself that you forget about the world around you and the people around you and you leave your brother in a pit because you need, you need to go you need to go fast that's not how you should act Instead, you should do something. Take him out of the pit. Fine, maybe you maybe you sell him because you think that's a good idea. But you know, at least you come back to it years later and say you're and, and come back from that action as a leader and own up to your mistake. Yes, I I, I messed I messed up, I I messed up. But that's not going to hold me back because I still have to move forward. Why? Because there's people to save. There's things to do. There's a life to live. And if I'm just consistently focused on the past then i'll never at all live in the present and that means i'll never make it to the future and it takes leadership to take to take the step from the past into the present to move on into the future with complete and total integrity in in who you are as your person at the same time you cannot just 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 cover up what has happened that's not what that's not that's not at all what you should do. You have to face everything head on like a lion resolutely like Judah to face the world head on. Yes, you because we, we all make mistakes and that's characteristic of human. I think uh, of Judah. I think that's one of the most profound ideas of this of this parsha or of the story of Judah is that we think of it as him as the superhuman character. You know when he was knocking uh, uh, on on in Joseph Ca- Joseph Castle, the whole castle shook because of how strong his his kick was, right? But at the same time, and from him comes all the all the great kings, David, Solomon, and the future Mashiach, which came from him stepping up and saving Tamar, because this lineage comes from her, and. The point is, it's such a human thing to mess up, but what's even more human and what makes us leaders and superhuman and kings of our own lives is to own up to the fact that we have made a mistake, to say, I have made a mistake, you're right, and to stand there like a king, king of your life, and move forward with that event and that event does not go away, but it becomes a part of you. And it not only becomes a part of you, but it becomes a springboard for your future, for who you are. It changes you. It changes you into who you will be. Because every mistake that we make has the power for growth. As somebody once told me, a mistake is just a new opportunity. 
and this this is what this is what we can learn from Judah. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Vayichi, and he lived, and we will live and continue to live. Not just living in the past, and not just living towards the future, but living in the present, fully, boldly, courageously taking on everything the world has to offer, with true and utter authenticity, and. Channeled the inner line of Judah within each and every single one of us. I'd like to close, and I would just like to close by saying that we see this with people that when they've lived an inauthentic life, when they've done something that they then know is not true, and they don't just to themselves regret and do nothing more, but rather outwardly speak to it and confronted in a public way, in a way that not only they do tshuva, they repent for it within themselves, but they acknowledge it and they say sorry. And by sorry, they overcome that inauthentic past or that misstep or that misdeed that they've, that they've lived. That doesn't just change themselves, that changed the world. And that brings life. That brings life to the world. Because you see this with Again, sorry, you see this with people. There was a TED Talk about a, um, a neo-Nazi who lived a neo-Nazi life. And then one day he met a man. Um, he owned a record shop and the man was a, a black man. And he came in, he was crying. and the, For some reason, I guess, he asked him what was going on. And he said his um, mother is dying from cancer. And the, the, the neo-Nazis... He said, like, it really resonated with him because his mother recently had just passed away from cancer and he understood how painful that is. And he resonated with him and he really felt for a second and for this very important moment that this was a, a person, like, a, a, like one, a real person equal to him. And he changed his ways from then. And he didn't just change his ways and, you know, leave the Nazi cult or whatever and, you know, move to some unknown place where nobody knew him. Instead, he confronted his previous existence, made TED Talks about it, starts going to people to, to conf- by, by living his previous past in a way that shows, hey, guys, I live this. Don't do the things that I did because I know it's wrong and that's leadership and that's kingship and that's courage and that's bold and that that is why Judah somebody who confronts his mistakes with his with with the whole of himself and not shying away from them and incorporating them into in, into him is a king because that is not just for the self, but it's for the people because it produces life. It allows others to live through him. So, l'chaim, v'yichi.